And so what we want to teach you is that what God is doing in you, God is also going to do through you. And so last week we, we learned uh, that our God is for us and that our God is not against us. And we were, we were encouraged further because the scripture says that, that nothing in all of creation, nothing can separate us from God's love through Jesus Christ. And so what's exciting is that what God started in Jesus, God continues to fulfill through us as followers of Jesus, as followers of his son. And so the, the, the thing that we learned last week it was that God knows us. God has a, a desire to, to love us and redeem us. But the challenge is, and the question is, is how much do we know God, right? I think, I think God is, is already ready, right? God is ready and willing to do a great work in your life, in us and through us. But are we willing to work at, at knowing the Father and knowing God's heart? Are we ready for God to teach us and show us his heart so that we can begin to live it out. Because the promise that, that God gives us is that when we do these things, when we seek first the kingdom of God and God's righteousness, we're told that all these other things that we think that we're not going to have or that we're not going to be given, God provides. God will give them to us. And, and what this idea is, it's this, this radical vision for the world. Right? It, it really is heaven on earth. This is what God's heart, what God's desire is, is that we would live out the heart of God. And that if we actually did, did that, that we ourselves, with God's help, with God's power, through the Holy Spirit, we would become the answer to people's prayers. Right? We would be the ones that would step in and step up to, to meet people's needs, to lift their burdens, and to eliminate and erase their burdens, right? Their worries uh, about what happens in life, right? Because we're trying to do the best with what we have, right? But when we step in and we help each other, we, we erase those worries that often rob our lives of, of joy, of contentment, and often of fulfillment. And so each of us, we are made to share. We are called to live the heart of God. Because when we do, that's God's vision becoming real. The, the kingdom and the church is able to grow in our midst. And a lot of this, it just sounds impossible, maybe to us that are newer to the faith. And, and maybe for some of us that have been on the journey, have been, been trying to be faithful for, for many, many years. But it's what God promises and as we like to reiterate, God is faithful to God's promises. Scripture tells us that, teaches that, teaches that and I hope it, it's becoming real in your life as well. But God is inviting us all as followers of Jesus to be faithful with him. And so again, last week, the, the big idea was this, is that made to share, living the heart of God means valuing what God values. And what's cool is that this morning, what we're going to read together is we're going to hear a story 
about what this actually looks like, right? We can kind of stay in the, the conceptual and the, and the headspace. But we're going to look at a story uh, of Scripture that, that comes off the heels of all that's going on with, with Jesus and his ministry. And then after Jesus' resurrection and, and into the future, right? We're going to see what happens when people who are devoted to God's heart begin living God's heart. And it's remarkable. And so the book that we're going to be reading from this morning, is, it's the book of Acts. It's the fifth book in the New Testament. It, it comes right after John's gospel. Uh, scholars believe that whoever wrote Luke's gospel also wrote Acts. And so sometimes if you're, you want to read those two together, it can be helpful but the book of Acts is really just this story of the early church. It's a story of Jesus' disciples after the resurrection, after Jesus has ascended back to heaven to the Father. What we have is an event where as these disciples devoted themselves, continued to devote themselves to Jesus, something remarkable happened. The, the, the Spirit, God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit was poured out onto the disciples to anoint them and to equip them to do what Jesus called them to do, right? To carry on that work that Jesus started and that we are called to continue. And so you might be asking yourself, well, what happened when, when Jesus left, so to speak, and, and the Holy Spirit was poured out, supposedly? What, what happened? And we continue to see that the disciples devoted themselves to God and that the Spirit equipped them. And so what we read this morning is we're coming right after that event. It's earlier in the chapter that we're going to read. So we're reading towards the end of that chapter. But these devoted disciples, they began to intentionally come together and live the heart of God. And so I want to invite you, if you have your Bibles with you, to open them up to Acts um, if you have your smartphone, you can pull up any, any one of your favorite apps um, uh, to follow along. And by the way, if you don't have a Bible and you want a Bible, we have really nice Bibles that we're giving away for free because we really mean and, and care about uh, helping each one of us grow deeper uh, in our understanding of Scripture. But of course, the, the words will be on the screens as well. But it's Acts uh, chapter 2. And it's verses 42 through 47. And so this is, this is what it says. It says, The believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the community, to their shared meals, and to their prayers. And this is what happened. A sense of awe came over everyone, and God performed many wonders and signs through the apostles. A sense of awe came over everyone. We just read that, right? Uh, God performed many wonders and signs through the apostles, excuse me. And all the believers were united and shared everything. And when they did, they, they had the heart to sell pieces of property and possessions and distribute the proceeds to everyone who needed them. Every day, they met together in the temple and ate in their homes. They shared food with gladness and simplicity they praised God and demonstrated God's goodness to everyone the Lord added daily to the community those who were being saved friends this is the word of God for us the people of God and everyone said thanks be to God 
as I began to prepare for this message, I, I was blessed to have a conversation with someone and uh, pass along this diagram, which I think God was in that moment to say, here's a, a really helpful, simple way to understand our call to spiritual leadership about how we are called to grow as disciples and the relationship that we have with God and the world. And it's really simple. Are you guys ready? This is what it looks like, right? There, there's the kingdom of God, then there's you, and then there's the rest of the world, right? This is, this is how it's supposed to look. But I think what we often do, intentionally or unintentionally, is that we flip places with God, right? We want it to be the kingdom of Tyler, who uses God to make an impact in the world, right? But, but Scripture teaches us that it's, that it's the other way around. The kingdom of God, when we seek first the kingdom, God uses us to do the work of God in the world. And I want you to, to hear this, this, this idea. I think it's critical to, to how we can not just understand this diagram, but understand our spiritual leadership and hopefully the impact that we want to make. There, there, there's some conditions, right? One of them is this. God won't do something through you until God does something in you. Another way to put it is that God first does something in you before God does something through you. How many of us kind of get ahead of ourselves, right? Hopefully we're on fire for God. We want to see God change the world. And yet, maybe we're unwilling to change, right? So we, we, we switch those spots. God, we want you to do the work in the world. And God's saying, no, 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 no. We got to flip the roles here. I'm going to do something in you first. And I'm going to use what I'm doing in you to bless other people, right? But we, we want to make that swap that that swap right uh and and god is going to change you before god is going to use you to change the world it's one way to kind of help us stay in check right to be humble to stay humble to to invite god to be a part of our life right and when we do that god begins to make that shift in our hearts where we do, in fact, seek first the kingdom of God. And then God is able to work in us and through us. What happens is that we tend to have that opposite posture. We tend to have a greater desire to have God do something through us without ever having God do something in us. Right? That would be a whole lot easier. Right? I think, that, I think that's what we, what we end up doing. And I wonder if we do that, because we're, we're afraid of that model that, that God has set up for us. We're afraid of what God might reveal in us that needs to change in order for God to work through us. And so maybe another reason is that we want results without the work, right? I think that's, that, that's such a hard uh, thing to, to resist, especially in today's culture. Everything is so instant, right? 
And, and it fools us and tricks us to, to thinking that we can do that with our spiritual lives. That, that we can grow in an instant. When, when God wants you to grow over your entire lifetime. And God wants to work in you before God works through you. And, and when, I, when I'm teaching about this, I'm also teaching myself, right? Because I want the church to grow. Who doesn't want the church to grow, right? Because we know what God has done for us. But just because God did, did one thing for us doesn't mean we just cash in on that one thing. God wants to continue the relationship, to, to continue to, to walk through us and with us so that we grow and because we grow, we help the kingdom grow. So that we get back to this diagram, the kingdom of God works in you. And when the kingdom of God works in you, then works through you to make an impact in the world. And so that's our heart, that's our heart is that because we desire what God desires, we desire for the world to change. And in order for that to happen, we, we want God's kingdom to grow. But the, the, the problem is, is that we often fall short because we resist or we're just unwilling to have God work in us before God works through us. You know, when I read through the Gospels, I don't think Jesus ever says, you know what, just sit, sit back, pray all day long, and wait for everyone to come to you, to come flocking to you, right? And, and maybe hearing that out loud, you're like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. But that's, that's often the posture that we have. When really, Jesus' whole vision of ministry, Jesus' whole vision for the church, his body, for his followers, is to first grow close to God. Yeah, we, we do pray, we do those things, but then we're sent out, right? That's the great commission, empowering us to, to go and teach the things that Jesus taught the disciples about God's heart. And about the kingdom of God and how we are the ones that are going to help bring that kingdom into a reality. So we're sent out. That's why we talk about living Jesus and loving community. And here's another part. The amount of impact we have for, for the kingdom of God. The amount of impact that we have or that we want to have is directly correlated to how deeply we walk with God, right? If that, if this diagram is going to work and, and if we remove this side of the diagram away, if we take God out of it, you know, we might be able to have an impact in the, in the world. We might be leaders in the world, but that's not what God called us to. God called us to be spiritual leaders. And so when we partner with God and we do, we spend more and more time with God and we understand God's heart and God's heart challenges us to our core, but through God's grace and God's salvation and redemption and, and continuing to redeem us and encourage us and, and push our faith forward, the more time we do that, the greater impact God is sowing in us so that we can sow in to others. And, and we've talked a lot in, in, in recent months about we can't give what we don't have. 
And that's true spiritually, right? And so we, we have to spend time with God, and that has a direct cor- correlation to the kind of impact that we have or that we want to have in the world. And so the encouragement is that the more that we give ourselves to God, the more that God can grow us, and the more that God can equip us to make that much more of an impact in the world. And so if it is our heart's desire to grow the church, to grow God's kingdom, then God is going to have to do something in you first. God is going to have to do something in you first. That's why your individual growth directly correlates to the growth of the church. God isn't going to do it without us because God has called each and every one of us to be a part of it. It won't happen without us. And so we have to have a posture of being willing to learn, of being teachable, of being guided by God, being shaped by God, transformed by God before we could ever transform the world. And I believe our passage this morning actually illustrates that perfectly. So we're going to go line by line and kind of see how this this diagram, so to speak, how this paradigm unfolds, right? So if we look at that first verse, it says... Excuse me. Um, It says, the believers devoted themselves, right, to the apostles' teaching. Devoted themselves to the community. Devoted themselves to one another in their shared meals, but also in their prayers. So what they're doing here is that they sought out God's heart. They devoted themselves to what God has called them to do right? And the more that they did that, the more that they met with God and followed God, the more that God showed up and did remarkable things, right? We see that this, this something is unfolding, that a, a sense of awe came over everyone. Something that they didn't expect is happening. And God showed up And began to perform many wonders and signs through the apostles. And when God began to show up, they all began to realize something together. That all the believers were united. And because they were united, they began to share everything. So this is like teetering on that edge, right? God is, they are growing close to God. God is doing something in them. And now God is about to do something through them. Because they're about, what God is doing in them, that impact that God is happening, happening, God is also about to have that same impact in the community around them. Right? It says, because they were unified, and because they had God's heart, they would sell pieces of property and possessions. Y'all, people didn't do that in those times. Property was inheritance. That's really important to the family. But when you say that everyone is my family, it's a different way of looking at the world. And because you have the heart of God and God's helping you live the heart of God, you're willing to give up those things in order to bless other people. Because they distributed all those proceeds to everyone, not just 
the disciples, not just the believers, but to everyone who needed them. I could just stop right there and just like think about that for a while. That, that's so challenging. But they were doing it. This isn't something that they wish they did. This is something that they were doing. And people were paying attention. And because they were doing this, because every day they were met together in the temple, that means they were worshiping. They were still continuing to grow close to God, to know God's heart. And they began to eat in their homes. They began to fellowship with each other, treat each other as their own family, break bread with one another. They found gladness and simplicity in their lives. They found fulfillment. And then look what happens. They were praising God and demonstrating God's goodness to everyone. You you see that correlation again. They didn't do God's goodness without God. They grew in such a way that God was doing something in them before God was doing something through them. So we see that happening. They had to experience God's heart and God's goodness. And when they did, they praised God because they knew it wasn't from them or from anyone else, anyone else's power. They recognized the source, that it came from God. And that's why they praised him. And so they had to experience God's heart, God's goodness before they could ever share it, before they could ever live into it and invite others to be a part of it. But when they did, this is what happened. It says that the Lord, not Tyler, not any one person, the Lord added daily to the communities those who were being saved. They didn't do this for the numbers, right? Often we we chase those results. And God's saying, like, don't worry about that. Just chase me. Seek first the kingdom of God and the rest, all the rest. Your desire will be my desire and all the rest will be added to you. This is how they connect. They didn't do it for the numbers. They did it because they loved God. They loved God first and they let God work in them and through them. They sought first the kingdom of God and they lived the heart of God. They walked in God's righteousness and God did in proportion to what they were willing to give of themselves. Friends, growth of God's kingdom is directly correlated to what we're able to share. And what we are able to share is based on what God has able to what God has been able to do in us before God is was ever willing to do something through us. You see that connection. But this is the exciting thing, is that once we get this paradigm right, once we really understand this and we just abide by it, we, we try to live in it as faithfully as we know how, we're told that the, that the kingdom will grow. And so if that's our heart, if, if that's our desire, if we want the more growth at Mountain Park as one form of expression of God's greater kingdom, we need to grow first. We need to grow first. 
we need God to work in us, and then God will work through us. And that's when the kingdom of God will grow. That's when growth happens, and that's when, as we're told, the numbers will be added to those who are being saved. People, new people, coming into a relationship with God through Jesus. Being a part of this incredible community that that shares together the heart of God in such a way that it completely transforms and flips everything else on its head. It says, instead of putting myself first, I'm going to put yourself ahead of me. I'm going to put you ahead of me. And so I just want to ask a simple question, one that I've been chewing on a lot this week. What does God need to work in you before God can work through you? What does God need to work in you before God can work through you? Maybe for some of us, we're, we're trying to avoid God. Maybe we're embarrassed, ashamed. We're trying to hide something from God. God already knows it's there. And God already sent his son Jesus to save us from that. To redeem us from that. God wants to bring light into the dark places in our lives. Not to condemn us. But to free us. And so, so what are some of those barriers? What are some of those, those things that we're holding on to? That, that God will say, you know what? If you would let me work in you, I can begin to work through you. I'm a firm believer that God takes any one of our challenges and he turns them into opportunities. God takes our challenges and presents them as opportunities. How remarkable is that? How awesome is that? That that instead of being left and alone, abandoned and alone, God is saying, listen, I can do much more with this than you think I can. I believe that God takes our deepest pain and transforms them into God's strength. I was talking to a congregant this week. We were having coffee, talking about all sorts of things. But we were talking about this idea about the pain that maybe any one of us have experienced or the pain that you're currently experiencing, that doesn't have to be the end of your story. That when we invite God in, not only will God heal that wound, God is remarkable enough to use that to bless people. Imagine that. And the the image that came to my mind and. Maybe some of you have had the same thought, but the image that came to my mind are are scars, right? And usually what we associate with scars is, is it's a mark of remembering pain, right? A scar is is a reminder of, of pain that formerly took place. And that is true. But I also think if we would let it, that is a sign of what God has healed in us. It becomes part of our story. It becomes a part of our 
testimony. It becomes a part of how we witness to what God has done in us and what God can do through us. What God has been able to to walk you through in each and every one of your lives. God is going to use, if you will let him, God's going to use you to help someone else that's going through that same thing. God has a way of using our stories, using our stories of redemption and healing to bring healing to others. That's what we want to encourage you to do. When we ask you, what does God need to work in you before God can work through you? And if you're like me, if you want the church or the kingdom of God to grow, how are you willing to grow? To get back at that correlation. Nothing happens beyond what God does in us and through us. And when God does that something in you, are you willing to share it? Are you willing to be open to let God do something through you? Friends, this is our big idea for this morning. That made to share means that we grow the kingdom of God when we are able to share what God has grown in us. Does that make sense? This is what it means to live the heart of God. And the truth is that we're called to do it together. You know, we've talked about our individual growth has a direct correlation to the growth of the church. But the church is made up of many members that are knit together because we have that sense of unity. Remember that passage, the sense of unity of what God has done for us through his son Jesus and what God continues to give through the Holy Spirit. When we have that, that unity, when we do it together, it's really simple to grow, apparently. We're told that all they did was pray. All they did was read scripture and teach about it. All they did was find their community, all they did was eat some meals, all they did was pray. Sometimes we think we need all this innovation, right? And I think that God is doing a new thing, always and everywhere. But, but sometimes we just need to be grounded, deeply rooted, as Scripture tells us. And to have this heart of God, or all that innovation that we're chasing to try to add numbers, right? We think we have the silver bullet. This is the silver bullet. This is what we're called to do. Just do these things. We have to be doing these things if we call ourselves followers of Jesus. And so the takeaway for this week is super simple. I I mean, I'm challenging myself with this. I, I, I hope it's challenging you, but Try praying, do, do all of these things uh, or do any one of these things, right? I don't want to overwhelm you and, I, and it's unrealistic to be like, I'm going to flip a switch and I'm going to do all these things the best, right? But we have to start somewhere. And so try praying consistently this week. If you're not praying, try praying. If you're praying once a day, try praying twice a day. If you're praying once a week, pray twice a week. It doesn't have to be, you know, I'm going to become a, a monk and go off to a monastery and, and all these things, right? 
But our hope is that you begin to hunger and begin to feed yourself, that you have an appetite and a desire for God to do more in you so that God can do more through you. Pray more. Have a conversation with God. And and if you don't know what that looks like, maybe we'll do a series on prayer. Come talk to me. I want to help you. We want to help you get and be a part of a community group where there are people that have been on this journey maybe a little bit longer that have their own wisdom to share and that they can share with you and encourage you, partner with you so that we're doing this all together. We're not comparing ourselves to each other, but being vulnerable and saying, God, this is what I need and I need your people who are already faithful to you on this part of the journey to help me take that very next step. We need to pray. We need to do it in community. In fact, we're, we're starting a new community group on, on Sundays, a new Sunday school class. Some of you have already been reached out to. We're serious about this stuff. We've noticed you here. But we want to pull you together because we are made to share. Pray, do it together. Also, read your Bibles. I know it's a big book, but just start somewhere. Man, there, apps are a dime a dozen. Just, just Google it, and, and you'll be amazed. I, I keep telling people, you know, the First 15 app. Sorry I don't have them up here. First 15 app, right? version. The Bible Project. It, like, makes Scripture come alive. They animate it and everything. It's one of my favorite tools to dive deeper into Scripture. But you have to, to engage it yourself. It's good to have tools to help assimilate you or, or, or make it more accessible, but, but you have to be, doing, be willing to do the work of, of engaging Scripture yourself. Try it alone. Try it in community. And in fact, try reading the book of Acts. If you want a place to start, start in the book of Acts, right? We, we just talked a little bit about that early church, but we get to see how it unfolds, right? See what happens when, when d- devoted disciples let God work in them and see what happens. Y'all, there's, there's amazing things in there. And I think that God is not done doing amazing things, amen? Jesus talks about you will do greater things than me. And I will send an advocate, the Holy Spirit, to help you do it. Wow. Can we just embrace that? We might not fully understand that, but, but can we believe it? Can we move towards that? Friends, that's our hope, is that as we grow together, we, we take it seriously. We engage our own individual growth to meet with God, to know the heart of God so that we can live the heart of God, and we do that together. Amen? Amen. Wow, I talked for a very long time.